0: Praise the Lord, it don't take long. I said, it don't take long to receive from the Lord, amen? Praise the Lord. Well, I can tell you this, you sure wanna be here tonight, man, uh, 6.30, I think it is, and, uh, and then Monday night, 7.30, and appreciate your pastor so much, having a church that is a, well. there she is. Give the pastor's wife a hand. God bless. Amen. God bless you, Marcy. Woo! Pastor Marcy, amen. Isn't that great to have her back? She's just been preaching in Tulsa and yes. like a house of fire, amen. Yes. Wow, man. Man, I tell you, the devil is scared of a Holy Ghost woman, I can yes. tell you that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. Yes. I said Jesus is Lord. Yes. Um, Dad Hagen has an old message on Confession and hold fast your confession of faith. And, and that old message I listened to um, a lot. <laughs> and he said, Hold fast your confession of faith. Amen. No matter how you feel, That's right. it's confession of faith. Your, your feelings have to show up later. Yeah. Hold fast your confession of faith. Amen. He said, Even if failure is walking naked in front of you. I'm not sure where he got that from. You know, it might be from an old E.W. Kenyon book or something. But uh, I thought, well, that, that, that sounds ugly, I suppose. If uh, ugly is walking in front of you naked. then uh, he said, no matter how you feel or how things look, even if it looks like you're failing, he said, hold fast to your confession of faith. That Jesus is Lord. Right in the face of that situation, declare Jesus is my Lord. Amen. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Satan shall not have dominion over me. Old habits cannot dominate me. Sickness cannot dominate me. Depression cannot dominate me. Fear cannot dominate me. Poverty cannot dominate me. Jesus is my Lord. Everybody say, Jesus is my Lord. Amen. That means when you declare Jesus is my Lord, you're serving notice on the devil that his dominion has come to an end. No matter how you feel, keep declaring Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, my righteousness, my healer, even in the face of circumstances that look impossible. Amen. Praise the Lord. And um, uh, Hebrews 7.25, if you have that in the King James Version, I just want to tell you this little story before I get into teaching this morning, Hebrews 7.25, and this kind of teaching also. It says, y'all know Hebrews 7.25 probably, don't you, right? You can probably quote it, but I'll just give it to you here. King James Version, try to get rid of the N on that thing, and we'll get the original one. But anyway, uh, (laughs) King James Version says, Wherefore he is able to save. He is what? He is able to save, right? Now, we know he's willing. He's already done for us on the cross. But this phrase, he is able, or the Lord is able, is actually in the New Testament nine times. Well, it's eight times New Testament, one time the Old Testament that I use scripture. Specifically, that phrase, he is able. In other words, our faith, our trust is in his ability. Y'all still with me? But for he is able also to save. The word save there does not just mean, well, someday I'm going to go to heaven. The word save is the word that means deliverance. He's able to deliver you no matter what strategy. And that gives you the scripture from the book of Daniel where it says that he is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. Amen. When they were thrown into the fiery furnace and it said, I see a fourth man in the fire with them." How many you know the Lord will jump right in the fire with you? And, and uh, the fire only burned off the, the ropes, yeah, and they came out and didn't even smell like smoke. Come on. Come on, whatever you're going through right now, God's bringing you out of that, and you ain't even going to smell like smoke. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. In other words, Jesus right there in the fire with him, he said he is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us. Yes. Amen. So here it says, he is able also. The word able means to save. He is able to deliverance, safety. That means he's able to protect you. Surrounds you with protection. Deliverance, safety, healing, right? So that means when the doctor says, wow, you know, I don't know, this is an incurable disease. You say, well, the problem is with God, there's no such thing as incurable. All right, here he says, he is able to save, deliver, heal, restore. Everybody say restore. restore. Amen. Somebody say, well, you'll never be what you used to be. No, you're going to be a lot better. The Lord yeah. will restore years, yeah. restore joy, restore yeah. health. Yeah. He is able to save, deliver, heal them to the uttermost. Where uttermost means what? Completely. Yes. In other words, there's nothing out of reach. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on, sometimes things you can diagnose, you still can't reach it. But the Lord not only diagnosed it, he can reach it. Nothing's out of reach. And he says, he's able to save, deliver them to the uttermost completely that come unto God by him. In other words, through Jesus, when you come to God by him in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, he is able to do what? Save, deliver, heal, the uttermost of i to God, seeing what? He ever lives to make intercession for them. Wow, well, we know Jesus died on the cross for us. We know His blood was shed for us. Yes. But when He's raised from the dead, now it says at the right hand of God, He's praying for you. Yes.
1: Yes. Thank
0: you Lord. Amen. So He is able to save you to the uttermost, uh, seeing He ever lives. Now He must be thinking about you all the time. Yes. I mean, He ever lives making intercession. Yes for us, and so it's his ability he is able, so our faith, our confidence, our trust is in his ability to save you to the uttermost. That means whatever good work he has begun in your life, you're certain of that, but he is also able to complete it, to finish it, your spirit, your soul, your body, your mind, your family, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren, he is able to save to the what? Uttermost completeness. Amen? Amen. And uh, one year ago, our grandson, Dylan, we have eight grandkids, Dylan's a, and his sister twins, the last two. One year ago, Dylan was diagnosed with a leukemia, stage four leukemia. And it was a total surprise in the sense that he had been ill and had been to the doctors and actually had been misdiagnosed. So we saw his condition, and, and uh, I, said, I told my daughter, I said, you need to take him back to the emergency room right now. Well, they took him, boy, they got him in there and uh, put him to, sent him to another children's hospital. And, and his uh, blood cells uh, uh, were just crazy, like in the, what, 500,000, something like, white blood cells. They said he has stage four leukemia, and they said if you'd have waited a few more hours, he would not even be alive that he had to put him immediately on oxygen. They took him to the children's hospital. He was actually put in, he had a, a massive tumor that was blocking his trachea. And so he was there, could hardly breathe. They put him on a breathing machine. He was actually on 14 different machines just to keep him alive. And so from being a healthy, running around little three-year-old with a beautiful little sister, you know, running around, and now he's there, and we are just like totally in shock, and he's in the Here's kind of the way the Lord said it to me. He said, your your faith may not prevent all mountains, but it will move all mountains. So instead of wondering how you got the mountain, just go ahead and move it, right? So so we were faced with a mountain, looked impossible. We are surrounded the, the bed there and he, his body was swollen up and he was actually in a coma for almost two months. Almost two months, actually the doctor said he may never come out of the coma. And so we had to have a miracle yeah. every day. Yeah. Every day we had to have a miracle, and the Lord did one every day. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so every day, well, today Dylan is cancer free, running around, happy, dancing, and rejoicing with plenty of energy, and he's perfectly well. We give the glory to Jesus. But I want to tell you, we also thank God for the doctors and the nurses. Ooh, we ran into some faith-filled doctors and nurses in the hospital in, in intensive care for so long, day after day. And at one point, the doctors were in there and the breathing machine was not working, so they had to try another one, an older style breathing machine. Well, in that room, we were all around the table and just needed a miracle. And uh, So someone spoke up in the room, one of the family members, and said, He said, we're going to have to do this. And one of the family members said, What if that don't work? Huh, man, because they had no other alternative. So he said, What if that don't work? Well, man, one of the doctors spoke up and said, Failure is not an option.
1: Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. Woo!
0: faith preacher here, right? So when that doctor said failure is not an option, I looked at my family member and said, well, obviously, don't you know? I mean, we're all believing God together, and the doctor's the one that has to say failure is not an option. (laughs) And when you're facing an impossible situation, come on, and it looks like there's no way out of it and it looks hopeless, Jesus says, failure is not an option. All right, let's try this out over here. I said, failure is not an option. Are y'all still here? In other words, the same God that saved you, the same God that loved you is now at the right hand of God, and Jesus is praying for you, and he's able to save you to the uttermost. Hallelujah. Failure. failure is not an option. Go ahead and laugh about that a minute. In the mind of God, failure is not an option. So when you're thinking you're a failure, come on, in any area of your life, and you look to the blood of Jesus. Jesus says failure is not an option. I think you should laugh about that, man. Come on, you will not fail. Your future is guaranteed. Yeah. Come on, by the blood of Jesus, your future. Come on, your marriage, your family, your children, your grandchildren. Because of the blood of Jesus, he is able to save you to the uttermost. Wait. Your mind, your emotions, your thoughts. Come on now. Your health. What about your job and your business and your finances? Jesus is involved in every area of your life. Woo! come on, fell. An option. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. Ha, ha, ha. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. So now this is a little different message than the first one. The first one was real good, but let me just give you this one just for you. He is able, in other words, it's not our natural ability he is able, his ability, amen? So Romans 14, four says he is able to make you stand. What does that mean? That means when you're looking at other people, he said, who are you to judge another man's servant to his own master he stands or falls and he is able or God is able to make him stand. So when you're looking at somebody and it looks like, wow, they're sure a failure. They're not doing do too well. Look at, look at how they're doing. I thought they was going to do better than that. You say, God said, why are you judging them? They're not your servant. He said, he shall be holding up. What does that mean? God said, I'll hold him up. And God is able to make him stand. Come on, when it looks like things are collapsing around you. Come on, and you've run out of strength and run out of ability. God said, you will not collapse. I am able to make you stand, and I will hold you up. Yeah. I'd glad to feel him holding you up right now. When, when your strength is gone, he is able to make you stand. Woo! Wow. There's another one. He is able, or it is his ability. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Oh, we'll turn to Romans chapter four. Let's find another he is able real quickly here. Because sometimes we limit God's ability by looking at ourselves. What's that, Romans chapter 4, verse 21, or something around there, where it says, being fully persuaded what God has promised. What? Yes. He's able also to perform. Yeah. Are y'all still here? Yeah. In other words, he said he considered not his own body, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's room. Other translations say, after he considered it, he considered it not. Now, why does it say that? Well, I went to Bible college four years, you know, and ended up uh, paying for it for about 10 years. But so Romans 4 talks about Abraham's faith, calling things which be not as though they were. In other words, God will call you things that there's no evidence it exists. Let me try that. I said, God will call you things there's no evidence it exists. The only evidence you have is his word. And that would be enough. I mean, I said that would be enough. So in other words, when you're saying something about yourself that does not seem to look or feel right, God cannot lie, just agree with God. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, God called Gideon, what? A mighty man? A valor. He said there's no evidence that exists. Right, Are you I like to say it this way, God has a reputation for working with some real losers and making them champions. Don't look around right now, but let me say this. I said, God has a reputation for working with some real losers. Yeah. Come on, people that everybody else gave up on and people said, they'll never do that. They'll never be able to make it. And God said, I'm working with them and I call them a champion and they're going to be all right. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's amazing how God calls things which be not as though they were. And our faith just disagrees with him. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. When I was uh, 17 years old, my dad and four deacons had to come and get me out of jail when I was 17. <laughs> well, I had a 55 Chevy and that was the last I saw, of that car. But uh, my dad and four deacons and some other friends who was hanging out and uh, got into some trouble. Well, I'm in jail. Well, I called my mama from the, from the county jail. I said, mama, uh, come and get me. She said, well, where are you? I said, well... Uh, I'm in jail. <laughs> she said, "Well, prop up your feet and stay a while." Didn't disturb her the least. I said, "Mama, I'd sure appreciate it if you come get me out of here." You know what my mama said? She said, "Well, you know, it's Wednesday night." <laughs> she said, "And we have church tonight." So we won't be there till after church and maybe tomorrow because we will be at church. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Kind of like that, that guy that got mad because his wife went to church so much, you know, and he got so mad, finally, she was fixing to go to church, and he pulled out a pistol and stuck it to her head, and he said, what you going to do now? And he pulled back the hammer, and she said, well, pull that trigger, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> he said, if you don't pull it, I'm going to church. So... My mom was kind of like that, right? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> prop up your feet, stay a while. So I propped up my feet a while. About midnight, my dad and four deacons, I think it was, came and got me out of jail. And uh, <laughs> we got on the elevator from the top floor, you know, and we're going down the elevator. Well, I was in the, in the, in the small elevator with my dad, and he really was not real happy. And uh, I was in there with uh, uh, four deacons. And none of them were very happy. Well, I was a little bit in a rebellious stage of my life, you know. So they were looking at me like I was a failure. And I was looking at them like, I'll burn your house down when I get home. <laughs> so this is a preacher's kid with a serious attitude, right? So. <laughs> so, uh, going down the elevator, So I, they're looking at me, but there's only one deacon in there that he had been one of the meanest men in town, very, very rough guy, but he'd gotten saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Such a, such a, a tremendous testimony, one of the best soul winners of my dad's church. He was in that elevator, and I was just standing there, and I could just see all the disapproval And uh, that one deacon, he put his hand over my shoulder and he said, Mark, I just want to tell you, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Now, I'm 65 years old and I can remember that one sentence yeah. on. from a man of God yeah. because I was wondering myself yeah. if I was going to be all right. And all the rest of them are looking like at, at me like, you ain't going to be all right. You already messed up. <laughs> But one deacon, come on, the most merciful one, the most godly one, he says, Mark, you're going to be all right. Wouldn't that be amazing if the Lord would just look at you when it looks like you've made your biggest mess and you're the greatest failure, and the Lord reaches over and calls things which be not as though they were not says, you're going to be all right look at somebody and say, you're going to be all right. Come on. The Lord is able to make you stand and he is able to perform what he has promised. And he calls you blessed. He calls you forgiven. He calls you righteous. He calls you redeemed right in the face of failure. Go ahead and laugh about that a minute. Come on, when the devil says, you ain't going to be all right, you ain't going to make it. Come on, that saved stuff ain't going to work. You say, oh yeah, God is able to make me stand. He is able to deliver me. Amen. And so he calls things. In the middle of that, it says that Abraham became strong in faith. Well, we know that didn't happen overnight. It, It was a process. He became strong in faith, giving glory to God. Actually, one translation says, confessing God's power. Amen. Or where it says that he considered not his own body, now dead. Actually, uh, when I was in Bible college, we had many debates. I went to a denominational Bible school, so I had professors. We had many debates. And so, in this one, when it says, he considered not his own body, now dead. King James says that. Other translations actually say, he considered his body. So, you got really a little contradiction there in the Greek, and so they're looking at that. And so, I found one translation, and it said it this way. It says, having considered his own body, then he considered it not. Hmm. What does that mean? Well, that means he's not totally ignorant of the way things look. Are y'all still here? So don't look at me like God's telling you to be ignorant because you're not totally ignorant of the way things may look. And so after you considered it, come on, after you considered the situation, then turn your eyes away from that and consider it not, and then look to Jesus and turn your faith towards God and say, he is able. Come on! I'm fully persuaded what God has promised, He is able to perform it. All right, let's say that together. Amen. You've got that verse back up there. What God has promised, He is able to perform. Give Him glory for that. So, thank you. Lord. Fully persuaded means what? What's fully persuaded me. Come on, did you know you walk different when you're fully persuaded than when you're not fully persuaded? Fully persuaded. What God has promised. In other words, you got the Word of God on it. He said it, He promised it, and He's able to do what? Perform it, perform it. And if you'll read the Bible, God has a, man, He has a reputation for some amazing performances. In other words, he's not just a promising God. He is a performing God. That's right. That means the situation is changing and you will see the performance of God in your life. In other words, you'll see the promise of God come into a performance. Yeah. Woo. All right, now go to Hebrews 2.18. Let me give you this in here. Hebrews 2.18, all these are, he is able, because we're going to turn our faith totally to God's ability. Hebrews 2.18 and here's what it says in the King James Version. It says, For in that he himself hath suffered, talking about Jesus, being tempted. Now, what does it mean he was tempted here? Well, when it says he is tempted here, it says he is able to succor them that are tempted. The word succor simply means this. He is able to run to the cry or to assist or to relieve you when you are tempted what does that mean? That means when you're under pressure, yeah. come on and challenges coming against your faith, because he suffered when he was tempted, he knows exactly how to assist you when you are tempted. And he's able to do what? Sucure, succor. just simply means this. He is, he is prompt, quick. Come on. 911. Yeah. He is there to assist, relieve, help, and strengthen you when you're under pressure. Praise the Lord. How many of y'all ever been under pressure? You're tempted, boy. You feel the pull and the struggle coming against your soul, against your life. But Jesus, he is able. Amen. Uh, Look at Hebrews 4.15 real quickly here. Hebrews 4.15. Y'all know Hebrews 4.14, again, says, hold fast to your confession of faith. But look at Hebrews 4.15. Hebrews 4.15. And he says, we do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points. What's all points mean? I mean, this is even a theological debate that he could be tempted in all points. But he said he was. All right, let's try that one more time. I mean, mean, you can't imagine him being tempted in some of the points that people are tempted. But here it says, he was tempted in all points. Yeah, right. All right, let me come down here where I can talk to you. Just a second. There. Right. I said, you cannot imagine Jesus being tempted in some points that people are tempted. Right. And I know some of you say, well, I would never have a problem in that area. Yeah, but you've got it in other areas, so don't be bragging so much. <laughs> so... <Right. laughs> I like got one person talking to me every time said, I'm not going to make the same mistakes my parents did. So they went ahead and made different ones. So,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: so if Jesus was tempted in all points, so you can't say nobody knows how I feel. Right. That's right. Nobody knows how I feel. Ah, nobody. Don't even try to say you understand. Nobody understands how I feel. Jesus knows exactly how you feel and is touched with the feelings of your infirmities. Are y'all still here? Your weaknesses. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities, tempted in all points, yet without what? Sin. That means he overcame them all. I mean, he really had it, and he overcame it. Well, what's verse 14 say? Verse 14 says, hold fast to your confession of faith. And then verse 15 says, he's touched with your feelings. So I said, Lord, how are those two scriptures connected? You tell us to live by faith, not by our feelings, and then you said, you're touched with my feelings. And yet you told me to hold fast to my confession of faith, and yet you say you know how I feel. I said, I got it. When people ask you how you're feeling, you say, I'm feeling the same way Jesus was feeling when he overcame this feeling. Are y'all still here? The company's not saying you don't have the feeling, but Jesus had the feeling, but your faith is in him, and he is able to make you stand. So I'm feeling like he was feeling, and he overcame this feeling, and he's in me, so I will overcome. I said, I will overcome. Yeah. Everybody say, I will overcome. Yeah. Now laugh about it, ha yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. In other words, what he has promised, yeah. he is able to perform it. Yeah. So when you look to the promise, consider him. Yeah, consider him. Y'all know Hebrews 3, yeah. 1. Consider him. Yeah. All right, look at Hebrews 3.1 real quickly here. Here's what it says. Consider him that Jesus is the apostle. That's Hebrews chapter three, verse one. That we have the apostle and high priest of our profession. Same word as confession, to say the same thing. But notice this. Most of the time we say Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession and our profession. In other words, Jesus, right now at the right hand of God, represents our confession of faith. He's the apostle and the high priest. Yes. He doesn't just want you to say something that agrees with him. He literally needs you to say yeah. something yes. that agrees with him. Because right. he can only represent what you say. Right. So when you're facing a challenge, he says, what are you going to say about that? You can say, well, I'm just a failure. Come on. Or you can just say, I'm struggling. Or you can say, I'm redeemed by the blood of yes. Jesus. Uh, come on. And he is able. Yes. So notice what it says there. Consider him who's the apostle and high priest of our what? Confession or our profession. Same thing. Same as Romans 10, 9 and 10, our confession. Confession is made unto salvation. Amen. In other words, the confession precedes the experience of the salvation. Yes. Right.
1: That's good.
0: Amen. Amen. Now, when it says consider, consider him. Sometimes we go to the confession and we forget to consider. What's the word consider mean? The word consider literally means to turn your attention totally to him. Yeah. That's good. Or it literally means, the, the Greek word there, means to study him. Yes. Yeah. Study him. Meditate on him. Look to the word about him. And turn your consideration to him. And out of that consideration, come up with a confession that agrees with who he is and what he's done for you. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. So he is able, that's your confession. He is able. In other words, we know he's willing. We know he's already paid the price for it, but we're not trusting in our natural ability. Because when you say, I just don't think I'm able, well, we ain't talking about what you're able to do. All right, let's try that again. I just don't think I'm strong enough, I'm able, I, can't, I just can't take it no more. Well, we're not talking about what you're able to do. He is able to make you stand. How many believe he's able? How many believe he's able to make you stand? How many believe he's strong enough to make you stand? How many believe he's never given up on you? How many believe he's praying for you? How many believe he's making a way for you? Come on, we'll talk about him. We're talking about you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and just laugh for a minute. i gave you a couple more scriptures. Now here's your another one. You want another one? Wow, well, this is a good one here. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. Well, this is a good one here. Man. Second Corinthians nine eight. If you know anything about Second Corinthians chapter nine, oh. come on. Both eight and nine are all talking about money. Yeah. Come on, everybody says, "Well, we don't be coming church talking about money." Well, you yeah, literally two thousand scriptures about money yeah. Yeah. in the Bible. Is really only five hundred on prayer, right. five hundred on faith. But but it's two thousand. God said, "I'm going to talk to you about money." <laughs> First thing you get saved, the Lord says, I'd like to talk to you about money. (laughs) Well, he said, Well, hey, talk too much about money. Well, you probably could talk too much about it, I suppose, but there's actually 2,000 scriptures about it, so you really can't ignore it.
1: Right. Right. That's right. right.
0: (laughs) So when it comes to finances, it comes to money. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. What does that say? Y'all know that verse? Here's what it says And God is able. Oh, man. That started out real good right there. Yeah. <laughs> and God is able to make all grace yeah. abound towards you so that you always have all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work.
1: You yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. say, well, I already gave, I ain't giving no more. Well, listen, he's talking there about finances, yeah. talking about sowing and reaping yeah. and getting happy when you give. Yeah. I asked the Lord one time, because I'm a preacher's kid, you know. I said, how come offerings are usually the quietest, saddest part of any service? Because the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And you said, well, I thought the Lord loved everybody. Well, that's what you get for thinking. He said, (laughs) I'm just kidding you, just kidding you. Some of y'all, the theology, getting disturbed. No, he does love everybody, but there must be something about a cheerful giver that he really loves, or he, he wouldn't have brought it up. So I said, how come people are not happier when they're giving? Well, the Lord kind of gave me two illustrations. He said, number one is most people just give enough to irritate themselves. (laughs) There, I hope that helps you out with a budget, buddy. Listen, but he said, because real generosity makes you happy. Because number one, that means I'm not dependent, don't live for, and money don't control me. Yeah. Jesus is the Lord of my life, and he takes care of me. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So tithing or giving sets you free from the control of mammon or money. Well, That's right. That's I thank you. Yeah, I got a couple of grunts yeah. on that one. I... Yeah. Yeah. He said the Lord loves when you're sowing generously. Amen. Yeah. Now, I asked the Lord one time, I said, how will I know when I'm sowing generously? Because generous is different amounts of different people. Because anybody can be generous, whether you're rich or you think you're not so rich or you're poor. In other words, anybody can be generous, right? And he says, you can sow sparing or you can sow generous. So I said, Lord, how will I know when I'm generous? He said, you'll know. I said, how will I know? He said, because when you're generous it's when you give so much, you think about it for months later. He said, if you can give and not even think about it again, that's probably not very generous. Because if your giving gets your attention, it'll actually get God's. Come on. That's good. All right, y'all go ahead stay quiet if you want to. I'll get past this in just a second. You were shouting at the other part. But anyway, so, so he's talking about generosity, <laughs> amen, in your giving or in your sowing. So I said, well, how come people don't get happier? And the Lord said to me this way He said, because I said I will multiply their seed sown and they're not happy because they're thinking subtraction. Right. And I'm thinking multiplication. Yeah. Ah! I said, well, how many of y'all ever given in thought subtraction? You're like, minus, minus, <laughs> minus. But when you have faith in God, you got out of thinking that subtraction, you go, multiply, multiply, multiply. He multiplies your seed so." So the Lord said, you can give more than you've ever given and still have more than you ever had. Right. Actually, yeah. I, I had a preacher come to my house one time, and he was mad because I had a really nice truck, and still do, so I guess he might still be mad. But anyway, <laughs> he said, well, how come? He was a Ford Raptor, you know, a new one, so was real nice. He said, how come you got a truck like that? I said, because I like a truck like that. The earth is the Lord's. He didn't make all those for Trump. I mean, some of us. Amazon. I mean, he made, the, I said, the earth is the Lord's.
1: Right.
0: I'm an heir of God. Yeah. I learned from my spiritual father, Dad Hagan. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he said, well, you could have given that money to missions. I said, yeah. But you know what? I do actually give a lot to missions. And that's actually how I got that truck. That's right. Right. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm wondering why you don't have one. Are y'all still here? Yeah. Instead of thinking your giving is gonna bring decrease, God said your giving will bring you increase. Yeah. Are y'all still here? Yeah. Come on, in there, I'm gonna tithe and gear, but I tell you things are gonna get worse. No, no, he said it'll open the windows yeah. of heaven and God will pour out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. I go to verse 8 now. And God is able. Yes. Now, it's just something bigger than your job here. Yes. I said, it's something bigger than your education. It's yes. yes. something bigger than your kinfolks. Yes.
1: Right. Yes.
0: God is able yes. to do what? Make all grace. Yes. I mean, I got an amplified Bible. Come on, this is the woman's Bible. It's got more words. You gotta love it. Listen, here's the amplified Bible. God is able to make do you have amplified back there? If you don't, don't worry about it. He's able to make all grace. What's Amplified say? Every favor. Woo! Every favor and earthly blessing. You don't even have to wait till you get to heaven for this to work. Every favor and earthly blessing will come to you in abundance. Woo! And you will always, under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Boy, you ought to shout about that, right? You say, my God. Come on, God is able in this area of your life. I don't care if you were raised poor. I don't care if everybody in your family is on welfare. You are the one that God is bringing out and blessing you coming in and blessing you going out. You may not go where no man has gone before, but you can go where nobody in your family's ever been before, in the blessing of the Lord on your house, your life, your job, your family. God is able to make all grace, every favor. How many believe it's coming right to you? How many believe God knows your address? I believe he's able to arrange it. Yeah. I believe he has the ability to arrange it. Yeah. I believe the earth is the Lord's yeah. and the fullness thereof and God is able. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of laughing, come on, when it looks like you see somebody say, boy, you ought to have something like that or you ought to, you know, have, one day you're going to have a house like that or one day you're, and you go, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Sarah laughed. in unbelief. That's right. And then she must have laughed in faith because yeah. Hebrews 11:11 says, by faith she received strength to conceive when she was past age because she judged him faithful. faithful. That yes. promise. So she laughed. She named her son, yes. Miracle, Isaac, Laughter. Yes. Right. Yes, that's right. So every time she comes, she said, ha ha, come over here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, when he got introduced to school, they said, what's your name? He said, (laughs) ha-ha. Come on, she named her miracle laughter. How many like to name your next miracle laughter? (laughs) Let's practice a minute. Say, ha-ha-ha. Come on, Smith Wigglesworth said, faith laughs at impossibilities. So I want you to pick three things that look impossible. Maybe somebody in your family or maybe somebody sitting close to you. Pick three things that look impossible and laugh about it right now. You don't have to tell them you're thinking about them. Just go, ha, ha, ha. Or, come on, the devil said that'll never change. Come on. Are the doctor's report. Come on, or your job or your business can just laugh about it and say, ha, ha, ha. Come on, how are you ever going to get that paid for? Ha, ha, ha. God is able to make all grace abound. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Ha <laughs> I was raised in a little town, you know, with one traffic light, one traffic light in town. My dad, you know, had a church. There's only 3,000 people in town, 3,000 people in town. My dad pastored there 50 years. Church grew to over 2,000 people. I called my dad in the 80s and I said, how many have in church this Sunday morning? My dad said, we had 2,400 people in church Sunday morning. Only 3,000 people in the whole town. So my dad had a big vision. 50-year vision. Well, one traffic light in town. My dad used to preach, and when the anointing come on him, he'd start preaching, he'd say, you can get anywhere in the world from that traffic light right there. (laughs) All right, let's try this out over here. (laughs) You know, because when you're in a little town, you get a little thinking, you know, only one traffic light. You can get anywhere in the world from that traffic light right there. Because most of the people never left Main Street, they're still circling, you know. Go down to Dairy Queen, come back, you're still circling. See who's got the best rims, you know. All right, so. Come with the spirit of faith, you can get anywhere in the world. From where you're seated right now. If you believe God, you get anywhere in the world from where you are right now. God is able. Amen. Yes. Yes. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Yes. Whoo!
0: Praise the Lord.
1: Praise
0: Amen. the Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, years ago, many years ago, I don't know. We we believe in God for a jet, you know, for our ministry because we travel so much and Delta don't do our schedule. So, <laughs> so we believe in God for a jet. Boy, it sure looked impossible. So I saved up a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know. Well, you can't get a really good jet for 200,000. So I had a couple hundred thousand saved up and went to one of Brother Hagin's meetings and they said they were gonna buy a jet for Dad (laughs) Hagin. I went, well, great. (laughs) So the Lord said, well, why don't you just give him your jet money? I went, (laughs) (laughs) So I did. So all the way home, the devil said, hi, stupid. Now you ain't gonna have no jet. (laughs) How many ever gave and the devil said, stupid, stupid? So the devil say something like, what you gonna do if that don't work? And I'm like, well, what you gonna do when it does work? Well, I'm asking you. But asking me what I'm gonna do. So, so I, I, all the way home, I felt like a stupid thing, you know, and I'm getting the scriptures out and confessing the word, you know, and I still didn't have no jet and didn't have no money in the bank. <laughs> went to Dad Hagen's meeting in St. Louis, and so after service, we're eating, you know, with a, with a lot of the preachers, and I happened to be eating uh, close to Brother Copeland, right, a, right across from Brother Copeland. So, Brother Copeland, man, he's like wild. He's got like like crazy faith, you know, he got little beady eyes and stuff like
1: that.
0: He's like, like pit bull faith or something like that. So, so Brother Copeland, we love him very, very much. And so Brother Copeland, he was sitting right across from me. And so we were talking about aviation, talking about jet, you know. And I mentioned something about a jet, you know, and I laughed. I said, ha, 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 I don't want to tell you what happened. But uh, actually, somebody gave me $500. They said, that's for your jet. And I went, thank you very much. And later I went, hey, you can't get nothing for no $500. You can't get toilet paper for no jet for $500. You don't think you can even fill the air up in the tires for five hundred dollars? They won't even let you land for five hundred. You have to fly till you crash. So I made five hundred dollars. But they were very sincere, right? So I just said thank you. But later on, I was like, <laughs> so I was telling Brother Copeland the story, you know. I, said, I just gave somebody five. I said I don't think you can get windshield wipers for that. I don't think you can get enough. So when I said that, Brother Copeland, he 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 had a butter knife in his hand. He put some butter on the bread or something like that. And he put the put the butter knife he pointed at me with a butter knife his little eyes. He's like. He <laughs> said, so the Lord told me to tell you, if you'll stop laughing about that, because I was laughing in unbelief. He so if you'll stop laughing, that chair will come to you. And the Lord told me to tell you he's been trying to get it to you for five years and you hadn't been able to receive it. Well, I had all my preacher friends with me, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's great, you know. <laughs> it's always great to get corrected in front of your preacher friends for unbelief, for doubt, you know. Come on, but I thought about that I, weeks and months later. You know, well, uh, you know now I have a Citation three jet, which is the fastest corporate jet in America, other than a ten. So a, a Citation 10 It'll go Mach what ninety five, almost Mach one. One little adjustment, it'll go Mach one. And so, <laughs> so this end is a Citation three. So it, it's, it'll but about point uh, eight six or something like that. So it's a very fast jet. I was going like six hundred and fifty miles an hour at 50,000 feet. Tell CNN about it and tell them to take a video. Listen, so, come on, the earth is the Lord. Don't get mad at me, I didn't get your jet. If the Pope has one, I can have one. Listen. There ain't no shortage of them. If anybody has one, somebody preaching the gospel ought to have one. And if that makes you mad, I'll get another one, Listen. So. Take a number and get in line, you ain't next. Listen, so I'm just kidding, just kidding. But here's what he did, he exposed my unbelief. And I thought, what else has the Lord been trying to get to me for five years that I haven't been able to receive? Come on, there's no limit to God's ability. Come on, this is God's ability. This is God wants to bless you. God wants to give. God wants to do things in your life, but you block it, come on now, with your own unbelief instead of saying, yes, God is able to make all grace abound towards me. Come on, it may not all happen by the end of the month, but it shall come to pass because the good thing he has begun, he will perform it and he will finish Practice laughing just for a minute. I gotta finish. You want another. One more. One more. He is able. Ephesians 3.20. Everybody loves this one. Ephesians 3.20. Woo! Pray. Lift your hands up and thank God. He is able. Come on. Spiritually, mentally, physically, financially. I said spiritually, mentally, physically. How about financially? Yes. Come on, instead of in doubt, laughing when you look at stuff and say, how are you ever going to get that paid for? Come on, hey, well, you'll never have a house like that. you are just laugh in faith and say, ha, 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 my God's able. Come on, my God's able. Come on. Yes. Ha, ha. Yes. I learned not even to limit my children's faith. They'll say, well, one day we're going to have this. And I'd say, hey, hey, hey. oh, sorry. Yes, God is able. <laughs> there is a God. I'm not him. But listen, God is able. If you'll pray, God will perform it. I mean, I, yes. put your faith in God. Yes. All right, y'all got Ephesians 3.20. I'll finish with this. Now unto him, he is what? Abel. Go ahead and just laugh about that. He's able. What does that mean? That means it takes the pressure off of me. Yes. I'm not the performer. I'm just a believer. Amen. Let's try that again. I'm not the one that has to make it happen. Right. I just believe and thank God He is able. He will bring it to pass. I think some of you need to laugh a little bit more. You hadn't laughed quite enough. And don't make me come back there. All right. God's able to what? Do what? Feeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to his power that works in us. Did you know why you're listening to the word right now? His power is working in you. You know why you're praising God and lifting your voice? His power is working in you. According to his power that is working in you. Come on, personally, he is able to make you stand. Actually, Jude 24 says he's able to keep you from falling. Whoa, come on, that's wonderful. I said he's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. This is all his ability. It's what he's done for us in Christ through his blood and through his word, and he's able to do what? Exceeding abundantly above all you can ask of him. I like to say it this way. While we're here praising God and worshiping God and hearing the word of God, while we're here praising God, lifting our voice, come on, receiving the word. Come on, no pressure on you to make it happen. Come on, he's the performer. Right. I'm just a believer here. Yeah. So while I'm praising him, I consider him. I'm looking to him. Thank you, Lord, in every area.
1: Yeah.
0: Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet, yeah. praise the Lord. We've already done the time of prayer at the end. We did it at the beginning, all right? So he is able to do what? He's able. Do exceeding yeah. abundantly. How many believe God for things to happen this year? Yeah. That you would just go, wow. Now that, I never even thought about it happening. I never even thought that. That never even entered my mind that God would do that. Beyond what you can ask or think. While you're worshiping him. While you're praising him. While you're seeking him. While you're serving him. <laughs> he is able. Amen. I know in redemption, he's already redeemed us. It's already paid for. But he's talking about us receiving it. Let's go over that again. I said, I know he's already paid for it. But he's talking about you and I taking the limits off of him and saying, Lord, you're able. I receive your ability. You're able to keep me from falling. You're able to make me stand. You're able to perform what you promised. Come on, if he said, by his stripes, you were healed. Thank you, Lord. Your power, your ability performs. Hallelujah. He's able to make all grace. Come on, if you're struggling in the air of your finances, God is able to make all grace. Turn your business around. Turn your job around. Turn your family around. He's able to make all grace. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Woo. Lift your hands up and worship him, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. You're able to save us to the uttermost. Hallelujah. We receive. We receive your mercy. We receive your grace. Oh.